Hello, my name is Tank Rodriguez, and if you're looking at this or listening to this, I am still in a black hole. And you're listening to the Texas Podcast Massacre. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, I am doing fine, and I'm joined with my esteemed colleagues. I got Dirty Derek. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. No, okay. Is that the opposite to sub, sub, sub? It is. I, I don't want to take. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to steal James's. Uh, that is copyrighted. Say. I'll have you know. That's right. You know what? <laughs> get his, I'm gonna sue you like Carol Baskin. Jimothy <laughs> <laughs> is 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 di, uh, is Doctor Pepper, and you're just the uh, the. I'm Mr. Pib. Uh, Mr. Pib. You know, Mr. I'm Mr. Pib. Mr. Pib. Doctor Thunder. <laughs> yeah, straight. Oh, oh. I don't even get the. Like, I don't even get Mr. Pib. I get like the Walmart version of, of that. <laughs> and, and of course, <laughs> we we same we great have... taste, lower price. There we go. Sort of, <laughs> but not really. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then of course we have Jimothy. How you doing, sir? Sup, sup, sup. I'm doing oh, good, man. Okay. Add a little Dr. Pepper cherry there. Not a sponsor, but hey, a little slower than usual. You know? While you're on that, I have to say, uh, since uh, in this catastrophe that we're currently living in, and people are stocking up and hoarding food i couldn't find any of my preferred sodas so i had to buy diet cherry seven up uh but much to my surprise it's absolutely delicious and i think that's my new favorite so wow jokes on you suckers <laughs> diet seven up cherry diet amazing. cherry seven up is where it's at that's uh strange times we're living in that's all i'm saying yeah <laughs> so obviously ladies and gentlemen we are on a uh a webcam uh, in safe in, in in our safe coordinates here, in in our homes, and I am at the studio. Um, and of course, we're bringing this magnificent show to you, one way or the other. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're not touching people, not touching your faces, and just touching yourself. That's it. Just touching yourself, as uh, Doctor Doctor Derek and Love would say from the relationship show. That's right. Um, that's your middle initial, by the way, is N. So Derek in love. That's right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, guys, well, I guess we'll we'll, we'll jump into it. Uh, any did y'all watch it? I mean, y'all been home for like going on two weeks. I, I'm sure y'all have been watching a lot of stuff. Too much stuff. Watching a too ton. much stuff. Too much stuff. Well, you sent us a, a trailer to watch before we kick this off. Oh, so I did. Yeah, and it was I was evil, awful. Evil little <laughs> doll things. Thanks, man. It, it looked it, it, when I saw it, I just thought of uh, Puppet Master, but like very Doctor Thunder, you know? Yeah, exactly the Doctor Thunder version. I mean, it looks <laughs> terrible. It honestly looks terrible, but in a way that I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's called Evil Little Things. Um, of course, it's a stereotype of uh, Daddy. There's a monster under my bed. Uh, lo and behold, the dad goes to check just so to give comfort to the son. And what do you know? An actual monster grabs him. Is it all dolls though? Like that's that's what I wonder. Is it like an, an entirely doll-related movie? Because it seemed like there were a lot of dolls in there. So from the trailer, when that pedo guy comes out asking what the, what they're looking for, um, it does look like <laughs> is it candy? Like, I mean, he really is it candy uh, in a van? <laughs> Wait, what y'all looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. So like he comes out and he's like, every every toy has a story. And of course, this little shit picks out a fucking clown, like yeah. from like the fifties. Um, so I'm assuming 
something against like the dolls that uh, I haven't had. And they that talk. Creep, that creepy like hillbilly leprechaun. I don't even know it's supposed to be with, like the the goatee and the like the beard and like but the mongoloid face. Like what is? I I don't get it. But was that like behind? Like was it? It looked like it was. That was something that was behind a doll mask. Well, so like, you see the doll first, and it's still a mongoloidy hillbilly leprechaun looking thing. And then they show one scene where it's like laying over and it's the, the doll face is cracked away and it's got an even uglier face underneath it. So, so just when you thought oh. it couldn't get any uglier, it got uglier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, which I it think... Looks like a, <laughs> it looks like a monkey. Uh, like, or, or a caveman from one of those Geico commercials. Yeah, the Geico right. caveman. Uh, he's going to save you 15% on <laughs> your car insurance. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, By something. the way, uh, do you guys know who the, uh, gay, the, the Geico caveman is, right? Um, no. He is, is, it, is Joe's Joe Exotic? It, it is. Ah. It's exactly. <laughs> uh, are we going to talk about that on this? Did we already talk about that? We did not talk about the Tiger King on. Uh, did, maybe you had said, were you the one who said to watch it because it was like crazy and you couldn't stop watching it? It's insane. It's, I, dude, it's I insane. Just, I have literally almost, I've watched it one full time and then I watched like half of it again just to watch it again. Um, yes, we can, we can definitely talk about it. it. Is horror? I would say it's horror, Jason. I mean, there's a lot of murder <laughs> that goes on in that in that show. Um, but yeah, I yeah. have I haven't seen it yet, guys. I'm sorry. Oh man, you. Are... I'll get on it today. I I just you know I wait for the like, the hype to die over to die to you know to rest and then I start watching it. Um, okay. You don't, but, don't uh, want it to be too trendy. Yeah, uh, but going back to James John Lear. Uh, played caveman well i believe one of the cavemans is actually portrayed by uh jeff daniel phillips the actor who's basically been in every single rob zombie movie now since hmm. i think the first halloween oh you would know oh you would know he's been in every yeah yeah he's, yeah he yeah. was yeah yeah oh he was in the tv show that's what it was the, yeah. The, yeah he was in the the caveman tv show TV which show. lasted one season yeah, which was awesome because it took over uh, uh, the George Lopez show, which was like he's still getting high ratings, <laughs> and, and they dumped it for the Caveman show, which lasted one season. Which is such a weird. <laughs> but yeah, that was I think one of his. That was one of his starts. So. Oh okay, yeah, but yeah, that movie. It, I there was one or there's one part of the trailer where this like Asian lady turns around and she looks very porcelain esque. Um, and the only yeah. reason I clicked on it, the only reason I clicked on it, cause like the, the, uh, I don't know. It just, well, I, I needed something to talk about, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just thought I, it, it really looked like a, a puppet master kind of fucking knockoff, uh, which it, it, I, I think to your point, James too, like, yeah, like, cause it's a knockoff. You're like, you want to see how bad it really is. I mean, it looks terrible. It looks like they made yeah. it for $5, but in a way that, Hey, like that works. Like, so, uh, you know. I will. I'll definitely give it a shot and check it out because, as we discussed <laughs> on the show, I think uh, both Derek and I are fans of uh, tiny little uh, murder, murder, murderous dolls, murderous dolls and toys. So I'm I'm down. <laughs> yeah, it definitely had the um, not nearly as racist, <laughs> but it had, did have a Tales of Terror vibe. Um, it, it is not the uh, the African doll by any means, but uh, yeah, definitely. It could have. It, it, I look at it and I'm like, it could have been a blue moon picture, honestly. So. No, yeah, a full moon yeah. picture. Yeah, I thought so yeah, too. Yeah, full it, moon. Yeah. That's the thing is, it didn't. 
I mean, the production value in the original Puppet Master, because they, like you said, they filmed it in, in Europe and stuff, felt a little bit more expensive. But then this would look more like dangerous toys or like, um, yeah. you know, yeah. demonic killer, toys or demonic yeah, like, toys. Yeah. And, um, and then the killer, uh, killer bong. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I'm actually really surprised they've never come up with? And maybe they have, and I just don't know it. Is a uh, a possessed or demonic sex uh, sex doll? We should write that right. movie, right? Just saying, what? like in the time of apocalypse comes great ideas. And I I I've, I know I've, I've I've mentioned it before, but one of my favorite tales from the crypt episodes was when um he's like having sex with the, this like sex bot, and his dick gets stuck in it, um. And she's like, I think she falls in love with him. Um, I'll have to like look at, <laughs> Google it, and see if I can, <laughs> if do, I can do, find do it. Do that from your work computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dick stuck in sex spot. I'm sure it'll come right up. <laughs> For real. Actually, that is that is by far actually one of the top kills in my personal favorite kills in the Leprechaun movies as well. Uh, when he goes to Las Vegas, there's a there's a guy who. Uh, gets murdered by a sex robot. So oh. we did, it, it, it just needs some tweaking, uh, a better mm-hmm. idea to come from it. See, we'll, we'll uh, make it. We'll make it like the Child's Play remake, where we'll have a disgruntled, <laughs> disgruntled <laughs> factory worker making sex dolls in in China or Japan or like another uh, Asian continent or country, and then he basically programs it or it's possessed uh, by an evil spirit. And they just shipped off to some uh, lowly guy in America and <laughs> <laughs> lives in his mom's basement or so. I don't know. Uh, and then it goes to a know, bachelor it, party. That's right. Where it starts murdering everybody at the bachelor yeah, party. Yeah, we have more that's than right. one dude. That's, that's right. Yeah, like, that's exactly what's going to happen. See? It's a guy. I would watch it already. So. Copyright Tank, uh, Tank Rodriguez Show. That's right. Slash uh, text podcast message. If you're listening, we've already copyrighted this idea. <laughs> don't, don't see our ideas, Carol Baskin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no tigers in this movie. <laughs> be careful, man. That. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to say your name. It's like the Candyman. You say right. it five times and you get sued. Did I'll, we talk I'll about the Candyman trailer? Did we talk about the Candyman trailer? I don't think we did. How do we good. not talk about the Candyman trailer? That's good. I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I, so, like, here's my theory. My theory is that he is the baby from the first one. You mean the kid? Yeah, like the little, like, the, the little, the little yeah, baby. Yeah, baby, I guess, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, how long has it been since the first Candyman? It's been Enough 20 to plus, be. 20 plus years. Yeah. Right? He'd be a yeah. grown-ass man. Yeah, but still, yeah. Right? The Candyman wanted him. Point. Wanted that baby. That's a good point. So that's a good theory. Maybe that's why. Could be way wrong. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. That's right. Yeah, but it looks good. I think. I think. Um, I think the trailer has promise. Yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. Excuse me for yawning. Um, but the trailer's promise, and I think uh, it, <clears throat> the look of it is very similar to the original Candyman, but like in a very much more slick, modern high definition kind of way but um you can definitely tell that jordan peele has, a, has had a hand in it um there's a lot of um similarities visually to um get out 
and yeah. to us. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah. excited for it. It's, which is ironic because you know it's Jordan Peele and all this stuff is different. <laughs> <laughs> if this is going on YouTube, they'll they'll get the laugh. Uh, um, so, uh, James, talk about things. Did you get a chance to watch the platform yet? No, um, I forgot. Actually, it's it's funny because I've watched a ton of stuff this re recently, but that uh, wasn't one of them. I I keep it's like on my list and I keep forgetting. It is a. Uh, I, well, I'll give you thoughts on it. Like, I don't know if I consider like maybe a horror movie as much as maybe like horror Jason. It's uh, it's really interesting. Take, have you heard of the platform? I haven't. So, <clears throat> basically, about these uh, these two guys that are in a cell, like one old guy, one young guy, mm -hmm. and uh, in the cell, they they believe that this like this cell or this building has like 220 floors and there's a big open tunnel like down the middle of the cells mm -hmm. and essentially like this platform of food starts from floor one and then it goes down each floor and each each cell eats what they want like basically so if there's like two people they, they gorge themselves to go south the next floor like and the more you go like the less food there is or the scraps you get until you get to like the, the bottom and uh, so it's like this whole idea of like um, this guy waking up trying to figure out kind of the hierarchy of things. And there's people who like will jump off the top of the cell because they, they've just like, they're, they're at like the very top spot and there's nothing else to live for and they're stuck here. And so um, it's kind of just a crazy premise. And like they, the, if you like get murdered or like you uh, jump off the cell and you're dead, there was rumors that people on like the very bottom of the uh, cells like will will eat you because there's nothing left to eat by the time the platform goes down to the bottom. And the whole premise is like there's enough food at the top. Like if people just took their fair share, then it would make it all the way to the bottom and there would be food for everybody. But like people get gluttonous on like the first floor or the fifth floor and they gorge. And then by the time it gets to like the 240 is like just barely like scraps and bones left and then there's nothing for like the floors below that. So this whole guy in this mission to try to figure out like the way to get out of there and like trying to figure out why they're in this like particular prison experiment. And it's pretty interesting, but definitely very graphic. So there's definitely cannibalism and a lot of murder and uh, a lot yeah, I'm of violence at, in it. Yeah. I'm looking at the, uh, the stills of it. It looks fucking crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And then the Something other tells me that it might have metaphorical connotations for, yeah. you know. Society? So, so for society. Exactly. <laughs> Could be. For, foreshadowing to the future, huh? Or the Quite present. <laughs> uh, that, guy, that guy looks like one of the characters in there. He looks like that. Uh, oh, why am I blinking on his name? He's a very popular guitarist. He's dead now. Uh, Zig, um, let's see. Give me a second here. Okay. I'll talk for filler. Okay. Well, that's right. So when you look at that, uh, I told James about another movie, uh, that we should check out. It's called, uh, Frank Zappa. Sorry. Oh, Frank Zappa. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. It's called a uh, slaughterhouse slumber party. Oh, wow. Um, slaughterhouse slumber party. Yeah, it's apparently a uh, well, it's a very, <laughs> very raunchy slasher summer party movie where yeah. 
these women get together. Apparently, there's like naked pillow fights and uh, <laughs> like poop jokes and <laughs> like sold, sold. Yeah, watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Got me on poop jokes. Yeah, got you on the got you on the poop jokes. <laughs> um, as well. I'm trying to think what else I watched. Oh, you know what I watched, James, this week? I knew you'd appreciate this. I watched Mandy again. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I don't I only saw it like once or twice, but I hadn't seen it in a while, so I went back and watched it again. Man, that's such a great movie. That's all I gotta say. Uh, if ever in my life, if I if I ever had to be any uh, revenge like story person or like protagonist I want to be Nicolas Cage in that movie just even even the vodka drinking in my underwear screaming on the yeah. toilet scene by far the best yeah um, but I, I have issues with that movie in the in the structure of it like the third act where there really isn't even really a third act but the rest of the movie is so batshit crazy and so fun and like just the concept of like he builds his own crazy ass acts, which is inspired by like black metal lettering and like all this stuff. I'm like, I love it. Like I, you know, he goes to that. I could talk about Mandy all day anyways, but yeah, uh, I give that a massive thumbs up. Yeah. It was, uh, I forgot how like fucking batshit crazy that movie is. Like you don't even get like, you don't even know what you're watching until like 20 minutes into it. Cause like that's how far along the freaking title card is. Yeah, into, for real. Into that, into that movie. Best part of the movie though, it's the Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar, Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar Goblin is like, I really wish they would just make macaroni and cheese with the Cheddar Goblin on it. I mean that the Cheddar Goblin. They, I watched it like when it first came out to, to to rent, and I was like, man, people are gonna like. I was like, especially like the social media like follow like following that I have or the the my the end of the social media though all the horror community on my social media basically is I, as i'm trying to find a way to word that i'm like you're gonna jump all over this cheddar goblin thing that was literally watching the movie like people and sure enough within like two days I, people i knew had, had merchandise like t-shirts and art prints and little stuffed cheddar goblin i was like jesus christ people jumped all over <laughs> it. but uh um but yeah but with that being said, I, I still want a, a Cheddar Goblin t-shirt myself. So. Me too. I, I would love a, I would, I would absolutely purchase a Cheddar Goblin plushie. Me too. Or Pop Funko. One of the two. So. It's like a monster that you see in Doom. What the heck? What, what the Cheddar Goblin? <laughs> yeah. It's like if you combine, somebody, I heard somebody say, uh, if you combine like a ghoulie and a gremlin together in the mac and cheese, <laughs> you have the Cheddar Goblin. That's very, yeah. So I was like, yeah, that makes. I can see that. So he's a goblin, my, though. I mean, to be fair, he looks things. just like an actual goblin. So he does. He does. So and he, uh, and he throws it back in cheese. So like, who doesn't want that? Honestly, exactly. That's intense. I'll check. I keep him at my house. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no food shortage here, folks. No food uh, shortage. <laughs> hey, so um, kind of off topic, but not really. Um, Nine Inch Nails. Um, put out two new albums like in the, like three days ago um and it goes back to the, their ghost albums and what their ghost albums are they're just instrumentals and what he, he puts them out for you know for people to use and of course to listen to but he puts them out to you for other people to use and mo um, most recently um 
that song that came out by that rapper is like, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. That yeah. one, yeah. that that was actually a Nine Inch Nails song uh, that actually won like a country, country music award, I think. Hmm. Um, yeah. But anyway, so he put out these two new ones and I was listening to it on the way to the studio. Um, man, like if you actually like check them out, it is so fitting for like the times that we're living in. It, it feels like you're actually in like a, um, like a pandemic movie. Uh, so anyone listening out there, give it a shot really good listen to uh, both of y'all too but i probably would enjoy it sweet i will have to check it out i, I love any i love a good nine inch nails so well it's not your typical nine inch nails That's and because okay. the gold yeah the ghost albums or you think of i mean the fact is that trent Reznor's getting you know he's you know he's in his 50s already and he's he's more making score he's he's been making scores more so often than you know regular music uh that can we're i just used say to. how i mean and i'm an old man myself but hearing that Trent Reznor is 50 years old is very like eye-opening because right you know I still remember when they were a brand new band with his silly little white boy dreadlocks and um dumping around like a little maniac yeah like a whole man but yeah dude now think about him being 50 wow he's 54 dude so here's another hate machine man is one of the best yeah pretty hate pretty pretty hate machine came out in 1989 (sighs) and there's an album there's an album before pretty hate machine that was just we don't we don't count that one as an inch nails album it's early stuff like early ep yeah you'll you'll hear i mean you'll hear a lot of uh like uh flock of seagulls influence in there you know Mm -hmm. well i may have to check it out i I, all i know is i saw them uh in in 1994 Downward Spiral oh, wow. Tour. Yeah, the Downward uh, Marilyn Manson tour. before he was Marilyn. Well, I mean, he was Marilyn Manson. Well, he was, Mar- on, he was Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. And the Spooky Kids. Yeah. Uh, doing his his Lunchbox tour. You know. Yeah. This, uh, because the first uh, a big bat, black chair, little size dong, uh, <laughs> hanging from his <laughs> hanging from his strap on. I was like, I was like, damn, who's this guy? Man, that's a, that's a big old dick. And uh, yeah. Oh man. That's a good, good uh, times. I, I sent a I sent a link to uh, oh I think you you saw it sir um, <laughs> Jared Leto's looking for uh, artists uh, to to create a new shirt for them for the uh, this whole pandemic thing um, and uh, Jimothy agreed to draw a big old dong for him yeah big old veiny dong That's big right. old veiny fucker um, <laughs> you should draw it it should be six feet long and it, exactly. and it should just be called uh, you, need to, you need to buy two t-shirts to complete it that's like a, t-shirt it, one and t-shirt it, two it wraps around dress. the back it wraps around <laughs> the back exactly and, and to the front again it's, it's a, a combo social, pack it's a, it's a shirt t-shirt. and shorts exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's a t-shirt right. and shorts exactly actually you know it's really super funny so speaking of the uh, the Tiger King I know it's uh, yeah, it's not really horror related but uh, do you guys Jared Leto actually dressed up as the uh, the Tiger the, oh yes the Tiger King for the pr- yeah. for the premiere, yeah. and and I was like you know people fighting to be this guy like to to be in an actual like movie about this guy, mm-hmm. um, including like Dax Shepard and like Edward Norton yeah but I actually think that uh, Jared Leto I think he might be able to pull that off in my opinion I think Jared Leto should play the dude like the the do you guys have seen have you seen it yeah 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 yeah. So the the second husband that she accidentally shoots himself in the head, I think Jared Leto would do be good at that guy. Yeah, that is true. 
Plus, like, I had a size 16-inch uh, shoe, so I have a That's feeling true. him and Jared Leto <laughs> might share a few well, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, the popular phrase nowadays with Tiger, Tiger King is like, you like men? No, I like women. Do you like meth? I like meth. <laughs> you want to be my husband? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Hey, man, it's such a fucking batch of crazy, crazy show. Yeah. Um, God, yeah. This has become a podcast about uh, King Tiger King right now. Yeah, okay. Welcome back to the Tiger King Podcast. Yes. So, so so I actually watched a ton of uh, stuff this. uh, Yeah, what'd you watch, man? So, um, I watched actually a ton of documentaries. I I tend to do that. I watch, if I watch one documentary, I'll tend to like sort of seek out a bunch of documentaries. I feel like documentaries are very. Uh, digestible in, in no matter what mood I'm in. But so I watched, uh, well, I'll save the more prominent one for last, but I watched this documentary called Epic House Haunts, which I'm really big into house hunting, um, that whole industry. I, I'm where, where, watching, did you, where did you watch that? I watched that on Amazon Prime. Sweet. I'm going to put that on my list right now. Um, but I watched Epic Home Haunts. I watched, uh, there's this, um, um, Monster Madness, it's actually a series of films. Uh, I watched the first one, and I think I'd seen them before, but um, called The Golden Age of Horror, which talks about like the 30s and 40s horror. They had one for like the 50s and then one for the 60s. Um, so but that was cool. But then I watched this movie called um, uh, Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. About, oh, uh, uh, yeah, about uh, the guy who played Jesse, right? For the second exactly. One. In the in yeah in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two Freddy's Revenge. Now um, it's actually like I thought it was a really enjoyable documentary. Um, I feel like um, it's an interesting story, anyways, because first off, I grew up when I was a kid. I I'm pretty sure I saw Part Two before I saw Part One. Um, I still for the longest time as a kid up until like you know like even as a teenager i had actually confused parts of part one and part two um i would be like oh this this thing happened in the first one like nope like you've yeah, got the body used, i've got the brains i used to I, think the, i used to think the pool party scene was in the first one yeah i think i think i think for me they the second one was so prevalent on on uh cable at the time that you know i think you know, I wasn't the only one that made that mistake. Um, but I, I love this, the second one, um, you know, but even as I grew up thinking like, well, this movie's got some very interesting connotations. Um, and then it, the documentary is really interesting because it goes, first, it's just a well-made documentary. Um, it's, you know, you can tell it's a professional documentary. They, they um Suffice it to say, like a lot of you know, like horror documentaries that come out are you know you can tell are made by you know kind of aspiring filmmakers would be nice to say. This one just definitely had a very like high production feel. It definitely felt like it could have been. Well, I think it was a small theatrical one, but it goes into playing not just about Mark Patton's life, but about like you know society at the time in the '80s with the AIDS, um, and it's very the the story of AIDS actually does play a big role in this story um but how like once the AIDS crisis came out Hollywood didn't want anybody to be gay they're like you have to right. everybody has to be in the closet and stuff and how you know Jesse was very much in the, uh, the the Mark Patton is the actor he was very much in the closet um uh 
and this role kind of ruined his life because um you know people like thought he acted you know, the character was very effeminate and you know his agents were like look like you you can definitely like you're a good actor you can carry a movie but you can't play straight so now you have to play character actors and you know and his boyfriend at the time his partner at the time who was an actor and he was in like all these like sitcoms and high-rated like soap operas was actually dying of aids and stuff and so oh. he quit the business but it was a really fascinating documentary but even at the beginning you can see like there's still some prevalent homophobia in the horror, horror community which is very disturbing but very real um there's a little bit of the, the documentary that does feel a little self-serving um mark Patton's actually one of the producers on it and stuff so but it's still a good documentary. I would definitely still recommend it, especially if you're a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, which I am. Um, now, interesting to note, I just I just posted about it on Instagram, um, <laughs> like, "Hey, movie night, watching this movie." And first, um, uh, Mark Patton's um, assistant slash I don't know what he is, but he's I think in the film he's listed as an assistant. He he liked and commented on the post on my Instagram post. And then like the next day, Mark Patton actually entered and like, wow. Hey. So they're out there, they're out there looking hey. for, yeah. For, Thanks Mark Patton. Exactly. We, we so, like your, we like your movie. And I, I thought you were great. I, I thought you were great. I thought Jesse was actually very like, yeah. I, I, I thought you were a really good screen queen, honestly. Um, and he's kind of, and like I said, the end of the documentary, you see he's definitely kind of taken taken some power back and he's kind of yeah. embracing that um interesting story but really good um and then after that i did watch this movie called luz l-u-z um uh this german i believe it's german um it's a very short it's an hour and 10 minutes so it's a pretty short movie um i remember the trailers came out a few years ago and i was really impressed um i really liked it i know not i think it has a very divisive following i think people like if you go to Shudder and see the comments, it's very divisive um, because it's very atmospheric. It's very stylish. It definitely feels like a Cronenberg. It has a sort of like 70s Cronenberg kind of look to it. There's a way that he sort of, um, you know, with his lighting and I mean, it's a very interesting film. Um, it's sort of a weird possession movie with a kind of a twist ending. Um, not a twist ending, but kind of, you have to see it, but you know, it's not, you know, it's more atmospheric than it is straightforward, and there's not like a huge plot. It's more in like the details, the acting, this the sort of vibe that it has. But I, I really enjoyed it. I hope that the filmmakers uh, make another film because I'd be really interested in it. You were talking about Mandy, and I remember when Beyond the Black Rainbow came out. Uh, I didn't love Beyond the Black Rainbow. I, I enjoyed it, but I thought there were some pacing problems, and um, I felt like you know that the voice wasn't a hundred percent there yet, but I remember seeing beyond the black rainbow being like, you know, this guy is cosmos guy. Who's the director. I was like, I hope he does something more because like in this, I see like the possibility of what could be an amazing new voice. So this movie lose gave me the same reaction I had when watching beyond the black rainbow. Uh, so if, like I said, in, you know, he went out to make Mandy. So maybe like I said, the filmmakers could go on to do something new, but it's definitely, unique like I said, it has this weird sort of 70s early 80s vibe to it um aesthetically like um even like i said even the film quality looks like a film that was released in the 70s more than like a contemporary film yeah it looks gritty i, I just look at some pictures online but um 
But yeah, all the acting is really yeah, all the acting is really interesting. All the characters in it are really interesting. Like I said, it's not a very complicated movie. It's more like just atmospheric and strange, um, with with a sort of a very basic plot that you can sort of follow. But uh, but it's good. I, I I really enjoyed it. So you know what's coming out this week? Uh, I think it comes out on Thursday. It's the uh, the cursed movies uh, uh, series on Shutter, where they explore cursed cursed horror movies. So. I think they're starting with uh, The Exorcist, but they have another one another week for Poltergeist. Poltergeist, yep. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. I've heard about this a while back that they were they were doing this uh, kind of documentary series about each of these like allegedly cursed films, like The Omen, and um, kind of digging into the the mythology behind it and some of the stuff that's happened. So yeah, it comes out April second on Shutter. So uh, keep an eye out for. It. I think it's going to be a week by week like episode, but it should be coming out on Thursdays. So. It looks looks pretty good though. So so it's what it's one movie. It, it they just talk about one movie per episode. Yeah, it's, yeah, one movie nice. per episode for like I think it's like an hour. They kind of they. Hell dig, yeah, they, that sounds they, awesome. They dig into like each, like each of the things that like happened on set or things that allegedly made them cursed. And I knew they were going to start with The Exorcist because it always seems to be either The Exorcist or Poltergeist are the two where. Do I think that we can Poltergeist? Because I feel like that that one has like way more weight behind it because it was just so much in the span of making those three movies that were like people just died yeah like, so much then they lost like a good like at this point like short of like the son Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams like I think everybody else in that movie's pretty much dead at this point um so it's pretty it's pretty creepy but you know what else is actually weird I don't know if you've ever heard this but you know what is also unbelievably coincidental in its uh, very possible cursedness uh, is the um, American Power Rangers. I don't know if you've ever looked into that, but there's oh. actually a lot of those people have died. It's really bizarre. Um, yeah. Just uh, one. Tr- tr- well, Trini the Yellow Ranger. Yeah. Um, and then, that was it. but there were other, the other American Power Rangers series, like there was like tragedy that felt like one was murder one was like indicted on murder uh yeah one killed then, dude i know the green ranger ran into trouble so a lot of trouble like um yeah yeah i don't know enough about the american power rangers um to say like specifically to tell you who's died but i can tell you i there's at least a few videos on uh youtube that sort of kind of go over it. And like I said, I, I was a big fan of um, Super Sentai, like the uh, Japanese version, but I, I didn't, not too familiar with the American version. But even then I, I found the little documentaries I saw about it pretty fascinating. Um, so I, while I real quick, cause I, you kind of reminded me. Um, so that new Robert England travel channel show, something terror, oh. and I'm trying to find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched the, the it's, out, it's out I think uh, we watched the first two episodes uh, I mean they're they're silly it's it's silliness but um, you know and, and the background is you know, like you know when they have Robert England and I think Robert England is the perfect kind of Robert Stack esque kind of like host for it but um, it's so odd. he's like sitting in front of like basically like the most obvious like you know green screen background but yeah the stories are fun and stupid like. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of exactly what I want it to be. You know, it's not like a super, uh, you know, um, 
serious in, in you know right. investigation of the unknown it's just these sort of historical stories that have you know been out there that have been uh, you know uh uh mysteries or whatever but it's good i really enjoyed it um and i, I love robert england anyway so yeah um, so i think it's it's good for him i think it's like a good good vein for him i think he's a he's a good he's just a good narrator anyways like i do like listening to like even when he, he narrates like even like commentary in relation to like things like Nightmare on the Street and stuff well, like that. Like that's what I was, I was saying was that it's funny because he's so he's actually such an intelligent guy, and I love hearing him speak on anything. And he's so consistent. Like he's one of those people that when he talks, he's like, and I've seen him in a million documentaries on a different million subjects, but everything he says seems so considered and so like thoughtful. That's really interesting. Like I would love I I would love to see him do you know, even more stuff in the same vein. Um, the other thing I thought was kind of this revelation I had is how many people are probably watching that show who don't know who he is? There's probably, probably probably a lot of people, especially people that just kind of, you know, the, the, what we used to call channel surfers, to just, you know, people who just watch whatever. But there's like probably a lot of people who watch like the Ghost Hunter Easy kind of show who would, who would probably watch that show and not know who he is. Because there's like a whole generation of kids and people that didn't grow up with Nightmare on Street, and have probably seen a few movies, but haven't. Don't hold it in the same place um, that people come kind of in more of our generation have had. I just it was just an interesting thought. I'm like about like if people know who Robert England really is. So yeah. On a side note, before we jump into our actual like topic, <laughs> topic, uh, I did hear the other day that the uh, they uh, are doing a uh, Scream Five, and they picked the. Uh, did you hear about this? They picked the writers of. Um, that movie was Smyra Weaving. Uh, is it Ready or Not? Uh, the the Hide Sequel. Wait, say it again. Uh, so they're they're doing a fifth screen movie. Yeah, yeah. So they, Ready or Not directors. Yeah, and they're the guys who did Ready who wrote Ready or Not are taking the uh, uh, oh, taking okay. the crack of writing the script. So I was pretty excited about that because that was a good movie. So yeah, um, that's cool. I'm down Matt, with that. Yeah, the Matthew, online conversation was like, how how much do you want to bet that they put Samara Weaving in the movie? But I'm like, I also wouldn't, bad, I wouldn't be upset about that either. That's not so, a bad idea, no. Um, yeah, yeah so, Matthew Ma- Matthew Bennett uh, Bettinelli open yeah. and Tyler Gillette. Yeah, I'm excited though. That's good. I mean, because I, I know that Kane, all that stuff went back to Wes Craven's estate. So I know that there was like, his family was being really selective about who they or allowing Which, to like adapt. I know they're taking, they're still taking requests for like script adaptations for Nightmare on Elm Street. And, um, I don't think they've ever, they've decided on anybody yet for that, but. Um, good, be, be, be as selective as you need to be. Yeah, well, it is your legacy. I mean, all that stuff though, all those movies that were that old, they, all of it went back to the original like uh, content creators. So like, um, there's a ton of movies that are out there that just got like, sent back to like the estates of people or back to the people who originally like Stevie King got a bunch of material back to you and um know, pretty interesting times you know that's what happens when things get to be 25 or 30 years old so that's right yeah hey were, were y'all a fan of Scream 4? I liked it I mean look hey like the way that I look at it is it, it is what it is I liked it better than Scream 3 people shit on Scream 3 I didn't dislike it because it was in Hollywood and I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it. Um, I hope that they do another one and they really truly, and they are doing a fifth one. Like I feel like the opening scene where they kill off like somebody famous that has to be a main character. 
Like that's the one thing I liked about the third one is that they kill off Cotton Weary or Lee Schreiber's character as like the main person. And I was like, well, that's ballsy. Cause like, yeah, you know, he was in the first two, first two movies, but um, I feel like the first two, I mean, you had, obviously we talked about a ton, but you have Drew Barrymore and that was a big surprise for people. And then uh, you have Jay Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps for the second one, uh, which was also, I mean, I talked a lot about black cinema anyways. So it was kind of more of a, like, I would say it's a message. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and the third one to kill Lee Schreiber. And then the fourth one didn't really, it was kind of like a movie within a movie within a movie. Yeah. I thought the fourth, fourth one was kind of a mess, honestly. Um, I, I, and I think it was actually a couple I think my biggest thing with screen four was that it was actually kind of unnecessary. Like, but I think I mean, like uh, the message behind, I took away the message behind screen four was like, kind of in a way like don't fuck with the originals because that's all that's left at the end of the fourth one which is totally fine like honestly i was thinking the other day like a great premise for if you were going to do another screen movie would be a 20-year high school reunion um in woodsboro like where somebody's just picking people off of a reunion and it's all adults that that are getting killed off Um, so uh, let me ask you guys did anybody here watch the screen tv show nope oh i i should say that i watched i was excited for it I fucking hated the costume, though, in my personal opinion. See, that's funny. It's funny. I will say this. I kind of dug the costume. I know that was a, I wasn't a popular opinion, um, but I kind of dug it. I don't know what. There's something something aesthetically pleasing to me about it. But I just, you know what it was? I would have really been into that show if it had a if it wasn't titled Scream. I think it's yeah. what it. You know, I think that's the hard part when you do a TV show. It's a Teen Wolf, okay? Like, and, I, and not a big fan of the Teen Wolf show, but like. Okay, yes, you have similar named characters, but it's it's nothing like Team Wolf, like right. Um, and so you you put like these the title in it, you put a couple like that named characters, and then like you spin it off as like a show. Like I would like the Scream TV show better if it was like called something else. Um, but I could definitely agree with that. Yeah. And again, you also want your thing to stand on its own two feet. I feel like when you do something like that name scheme, you're just setting yourself up for all these expectations that you're not going to be able to meet because people are going to have unrealistic expectations or want it to be something that, you know, um, it just not, you know, what the, the filmmakers intended to be. So naming it something like, you know, an homage to it or something that's a reference to it, like naming it Hillsboro or something, you know, like making a reference to it, but without calling it scream, I think helps you do something that's a little bit more unique, a little more original without being so, you know, yeah. but and, I, and I think like they, they could have called it Ghostface. They could have called it something. I mean, they could have called yeah. it anything other than Scream. I just felt like, it. and then also the continuity of the show was just so off because you had season one, which I I, I didn't think was terrible. Like I just had a hard time getting into it, but I, I do with most like teen drama anyways. Um, and then season two was just, it was, totally off the rails and season three was something entirely different um which that was that was more actually a lot of people either liked it or hated it it it, it was like a primarily african-american cast like it was takes place i want to say in more of like an urban environment uh which is totally fine there's nothing wrong with that but it's just so far left of what the first two seasons were about that i don't know i i couldn't get behind it but i know a lot of people really like it and we, this is actually a, a topic we should discuss in the future point because there have been a lot, especially recently, a ton of 
TV series like The Exorcist that have been based off of horror movies. Uh, and I have uh, some interesting thoughts on some of that. But uh, we've been we've been here for almost an hour, so probably oh, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. okay. into. <laughs> oh yeah! All right, so we're going to talk about uh, the top five or top five underrated uh, or overrated. I was going to say horror, horror I made a wrong no, list. Over, <laughs> no, over, no, over, overrated. Uh, yeah, horror, horror and, movies. So, and we'll we'll give we'll give Cliff notes on that one because I know you know we're reaching time, but I mean, yeah. definitely. I, I I was really surprised um, at, at at Jim Jimothy's list, and then I was like, well, that's weird. That's not what I expected. And then like last minute, he throws an audible, and I was like, there it is. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, there it is. Because uh, there's the change. There's the script change yeah, right there. There, that's what I was looking for, baby. Uh, well, what, yeah. do, we, do we want to, in the essence of time, just go through? We read off our top five, and then we'll just discuss because that's. I, I mean, I think I think because it's with the five. I think we can go back and forth. Right. Um, okay. And again, I'm not too worried about super worried about time myself. So. Okay. We'll okay. Um, all right. You want to go first? You Derek, want me to go first? Derek, I'll go, go and first. go first. I'll oh, go okay. First. Well, Jimothy, go and go first. Um, Jimothy is all. Oh, your did you buddy. did you have a list there, Tank? Is that what you're saying? Well, 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 Jimothy, let me ask you a question. Yes. No. Uh, oh, you're what? Okay. What do you think I'm going to ask? No, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Are you a fan of Huey Lewis in the news? I, I am a fan of Huey Lewis. In the oh, news. okay. Of course. Right, just curious. Anyways, just curious. But, <laughs> so, okay. So uh, sounds like, like your sounds like your number five was one of my honorable mentions. So um, so so because we always have to do these caveats when we do uh, <laughs> uh, list episodes. Um, so my biggest thing with un, with overrated is if somebody's going to say something's overrated, to me that has to have a pretty strong following. It can't be just like a couple of people on the, online like this movie you don't like. To me, overrated means that it has to have be have a pretty considerable following. Um, when I made this list, though, pretty much all of them, to the most degree, are movies I actually enjoy. It's just I have a few nitpicks with, or um, I have a problem with, you know, uh, the glowing love that these films have and without anybody kind of taking a more critical look at it um so i'll start with my number five is uh american psycho um now here's the thing with american psycho it's a great movie it is it's a good movie um i think the director she changed enough about the brett easton ellis novel that actually made it work as a film um i like her take on it i thought the performances were great and i think there's really great moments in the in the movie really memorable moments like the the business cards the you know multiple sequences when he talks about records the whitney houston and the huey lewis uh but here's my, my number one biggest problem though with it being an overrated horror movie it's not a fucking horror movie it's not it's not scary it's not even remotely, nothing about it. it. If this is a horror movie, then Taxi Driver is a horror movie. Sure. Um, um, it's a character study. Now, the Bradyson Ellis novel is more of a horror story um, because it is more about a, like a bloodthirsty lunatic. But the way that she directed the movie, which I think is actually better, is that it's more of, she's kind of saying like about materialism and machoism and like she's making a statement it's, it's actually the, it's an and, and again there's it's with the ambiguous ending and all these things there's not really a horror movie but beyond that outside of those great moments we all know the huey lewis and like all those moments 
the in-between moments aren't as solid and it really kind of starts to unravel at the end. It doesn't kind of loses its, its pacing a little bit. Um, it's not as tight, uh, you know, as, as the first half of the film promises it to be. Um, and again, I think it's, it's sort of uh, questionable at best to say it's a horror movie. Um, the, even the small amounts of violence in the movie um, are much more subtle than I think people actually kind of have in their brain. Um, but, um, but having said that, like I said, it's a great movie, but it's, it's, a it's not a perfect movie and it's definitely not a horror movie. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm at the IMDB page right now and it's listed as comedy, crime, and drama. When exactly? <clears throat> and that's no, a great I, combination. I, I totally agree with that. When that movie first came out, everybody was like, wow it's such a great movie and it's so scary and he's so crazy and it's a great like you know murder you know murder movie and i thought the same thing i'm like this is just like this is this could be a uh psa for mental health in the 80s doing too much coke and like having mental instability st- working in the stock market like i i did not see it as a horror movie and i definitely like when people kind of tout its prowess like I shake my head at it because it is not a movie that I really want to watch a ton. And every now and then I'll, I'll stop and watch it if it's on. But no. I mean, Christian Bale is fantastic in it. Oh, he's, I mean, he's a great method actor. I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. He's, he gets into his roles a hundred percent. Like, and I mean, there are some great scenes in there. I'm, yeah. You listen to news, you know, with uh, Jared Lowe's character tied up. I mean, it's a great scene. Like there's, you know, but I think it's just, it's trying to be something that it's not. And that is, it's trying to be scary and it really is not. And that it's okay. Don't want to go too off the rails here, but one thing that the movie always though, and this has bothered me my entire life is there's a certain segment of the population that sort of idolizes being a psychopath. Um, the same people that love the Joker. And it's like for real psych, first off, it's a, I mean, People analyze mental illnesses if it makes you a badass. No, it, mental illness is a terrible thing. Um, ask somebody with schizophrenia how enjoyable their life is. Like, you're so cool, man. No, no, it, it's, it's, not, like, oh. it's not cool. Yeah, right. it's not. It's a, it's a, and it's obnoxious. And there's something so into there's there's something that brings so much of insecurity from the, the people that sort of idolize the, those characters that really unnerves me a little bit. Um, but you know, with that being said, like I said, it, I do think it's a good movie. Um, I just don't think it's a perfect movie, and I think it's woefully mislabeled mis- uh, as a horror movie. Yeah. But that's my number five. All right. So my, number, my number five is now it, kind of my, my guidelines, I think, were the same as yours. And even though, like, some things on my list are not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they're, like, extremely, like, mainstream movies. I think in certain groups, they're entirely, like, blown way out of proportion for what they are so and i have already said this many times before for my number five that like not a like i don't think it's a great movie but it's a serbian film and the reason i put it on there actually american psycho was also on my list but i actually didn't put it on there because it wasn't a horror movie um so but it would definitely if i did a top 10 it would pop up on there but so recently i saw this like long diatribe online about how great this Serbian film was and how it was like so cutting edge for horror. And I think that's what made me put it on the list solely for the fact, and like I've watched it a few times since we've had previous conversations on it. 
okay, like artistic license, like it's a well shot movie. I hundred percent give it credit for that. I think it's a like the concept is good. Um, I don't think it's something super unique because it's been done before. And I can think of a handful of movies that actually do it better than maybe their particular film does, but it's not a terrible movie. But what I hate about it is when people get behind it, that it's like this like whole, like you're not a hardcore fan until you like really have watched this movie and love it. Like there are plenty more hardcore movies that I would watch like before I put this on that I would say, and it doesn't necessarily make you a fan to like, make sure that this is on your top 10 list of like horror movies you need to watch, like to be considered a fan. So I think that's why I put it on my list just solely for the fact that like, I think newer horror fans who haven't seen anything like circa 2000, will say like, oh, this is great. And so like, it's kind of the uh, guts and gore kind of like extreme stuff. But honestly, like there's a ton of like Fangoria made movies that are like way, way more extreme. Um, that I've seen in my time that just, I feel like this one gets a lot of credit for shock factor for that one scene. There's the one entire, scene. The yeah. one scene in the entire movie, but like the rest of it's actually not that bad yeah. in all things considered. So that's, that's why it's on my top five. However, I have grown, I have a little bit of a fond appreciation for it just for the fact that like cinematically it's, it's well done. Like, well, that's the, done. See, that's the thing that caught me so much with guard because I did expect, I expected it to be like, you know, uh, the same level of like uh, Human Centipede, where like really badly acting and shitty, you know, production value. But it's actually a really well made film. The acting is great. Um, even the script itself is pretty tight. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not like a really. It doesn't fumble around. It knows what it's trying to do. Um, but it, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's. I mean, his director was smart, although I don't think he parlayed it into a really substantial film career. But he wanted people. You know, he had put in some really. Uh, um, offensive or really extreme moments, specifically that the one moment. But it doesn't. It's hollow. It doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't hold up under multiple viewing. You know, the first time you watch it, you're like, Ugh, like I said, and, you know. But you know, and, and again, it's not even the it's not even the scene itself. It's what you're. It's you could describe the scene and get the same reaction. Right. Just saying what the scene is is just as visceral. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's got a role because it's it's such a just a terrible I mean, thing, to just, thing to describe. Right. I've I mean I've I've grown I mean I love the I, I, well no I don't love but I mean I grew up I've watched all the guinea pig movies I've seen all the the all every much every extreme movie that you can see something like to me more like. Uh, like Sallow or A Thousand Days of Sodom, something like that unnerves me more because there's yeah. artistry behind it um, and that you question like what the movie's trying to do where something like Serbian film is very, it's just, it's, I actually it's think pretty you crass. Know, you know a movie dis- disturbed me way more than Serbian film is actually Martyrs. Like, yeah. Martyrs I mean, is, a, is, a, is a movie that like to me, like by the time you get to the end of it, I'm like... It's got the greatest ending in film history. No, I, but it, yeah, it's like... <laughs> And I, I think because Martyrs is it's an experience. You care about the characters, but you're going along, and everything that's happens to that poor woman, even like the twist in the like the first twenty minutes or whatever, everything it's like it sets you up for a journey. So that at the end, you have that payoff, and you feel like you've gone through a journey with Serbian. You're kind of waiting for that scene that you've heard about to happen, yeah. and you're like, oh, well, that was. And then when it happens, you're like, the rest of it's like. Uh, like I can give her a take. It. I mean, it's still, it's a terror. I mean, it is even like when I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, oh, that's a, you know, especially like you know, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it is what it is. But yeah, it definitely, 
it's one of those movies. You know, a great movie is a movie that you should want to rewatch over and over again. I've seen Serbian film once. Don't ever need to see it again. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally I, w- I was once told that you have not seen horror movies unless you've seen Serbian film. I was that's once told was. that that was a bunch of shit. No, that's, well, that's some, yes. That's some, that's some poser tryhard shit. I can, I, can give you <laughs> I can give you 100 movies to watch before I would exactly. even put that yeah, on my Yeah, yeah. And, and I saw it, and I was, he was like, well, you got to make sure you watch the Euro edition and not the U.S. edition because that, one, that one's fucking watered down. I was like, oh, okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's that's, to James's point, that's some, yeah, that's some fucking... Try-hard poser shit. Try-hard poser shit, yeah. James, what's your number four, buddy? So my number four is a movie that... Okay, my number four is the movie Sinister. Um, my big so let me go on. I I <gasps> I like the concept. I love I Ethan. Hawk. I love Ethan Hawke. I watched that movie twice, and I still to to remind myself of like the movie. I had to look it up. Be like, oh yeah, I forgot that, or I forgot that too. Uh, the movie first off is weirdly so forgettable. I like I said, watching it twice, and I still couldn't remember. But there's also like, okay, I think my biggest fault with the movie Sinister is it was hyped to be so strongly, oh, there's all these crazy, you know, you know, like snug movie scenes and like, oh, it's so gnarly. And I remember watching it being like, bored, like almost bored. And the whole thing with the kid with like the sleep paralysis and like the, the night terrors yeah. is so like, such a stupid look. Number one, it wins the award for movie villain most designed by the spirit Halloween store. That ugly, stupid-ass design. It's so corny. I hate it. And, like, all of, like, the sequences could have been cool. Like, all of that, like, 8mm where, like, the killer is, like, like, you know, stalking his prey or whatever. But all, like, first off, it's it becomes, like, Saw where it's, like, it's too complicated where, like, you know, like, the tree limb fall. Like, it's a little... It's a little too much. But then, like, they ruined it, like, showing that, like, that dumbass, like, thing in the water and then the stupid fucking bad, like, new metal band logo design thing on the walls. I'm like, eat a million dicks, dude. Like, <laughs> the movie had so much potential and it just shit the bed. Mainly because of how bad design that with Mr. Boogie or whatever the shit his name is. Bagul? Bagul? Bagul, Bagul. That was Bagul. it. Yeah. Uh, did you see the second one? I did not because I, I the first well, one held no so interest to me. I, I would give you a full synopsis uh, of the second one is the only interesting character that they potentially could bring back for the second one was the dopey sheriff. And he is now the protagonist. It's like of all the people in the, the world. The like you, deputy guy? Yeah, the deputy guy. Yeah. Yeah, the dum-dum. Yeah. All, all, right. like all the people in the world that you would not want you to save uh, to save you from the <laughs> mythical bad rule it's that guy. Because <laughs> if he hadn't if he hadn't learned enough in the first one, like he didn't quite learn in the second one either. So uh, yeah, I mean those are they you're right, those are always super hyped and you know, they are what they are. Like it's it's an okay watch. Like, you know, it's kinda like that uh, I don't know, it reminds me of like every other like watching in the movie and it's it's there in real life, like the ringish type mentality that's what it is it's like it's like a modernized americanized version of the ring um which is funny because i mean even like i like i went through like i almost put the ring on here the, the, even the original and stuff but like i think 
you know, I could argue merits of like, like I, I also tried to stay away from like, oh, let me put on Hostel or Saw or like anything that just happens to be super popular, uh, paranormal activity. And I'm like, no, because like even a lot of those movies, like something I could still argue the merits of why they're so popular. Mm-hmm. But this is just like, no, some of those might be on here. For me. And the thing is, like, uh, there's so much about it that I mean, and then also, by the way, it, I think it looks, it is the quintessential modern horror movie. The way it's lit, the way it's filmed, the way it looks, it looks, and people kind of, I've heard people like say they like the way the movie looks. The the look of it is so generic. It's so fucking forgettable. It's so like modern horror movie. I hate it. Anyways. <laughs> I'm, I'm hating it more now than when I even started. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how forgettable it is. I didn't actually realize it even came out to the theater until it was out on like video on demand. So tells you everything you need to know. There you go. Uh, my number four is the Exorcism of Emily Rose, um, which again is not a bad movie, but it is your prototypical exorcism film about the girl with annoyingly possessed and the dim-witted father is trying to save her soul and the only redeeming factor of that entire movie is the uh is the brother who is the creepy guy caleb landry we talked about him in a, a few different episodes he's he was in uh, uh get out as the, the weird brother yeah um he always just plays the creepiest roles ever he plays the but creepy brother he plays the creepy brother man there's just a red hair or something i don't know what it is it's that it's that creepy Edo mustache is really what it is. Um, he's the worst mustache in the history. He, of he does, but that's okay because he sells it and that's, that gets him roles. Get him um, career, yeah. So, but that movie is always, I feel like it's always hyped up to be like, oh, it's such a scary exorcism movie. Well, no, The Exorcist is a scary exorcism movie. You know, like I would even vote the fucking Conjuring is above this movie. Like this to me is not like, mainly because of the whole idea of like the, the special effects where she's like, you know, back twisted and on the ceiling and in the barn and, you know, like, like it's all been done before. Like if you just watch anything, like any other exorcism movie prior to this movie, you're going to see those same effects. Like, you know, literally was Linda Blair walking backwards down the stairs. Like, you know, I will, I will say this though for it. I do think she, the the sister from Dexter, I do think yeah. she was good in it, and yeah. she did a lot of physical things in the movie, like that were yeah. pr- like her just her body. But outside taking out her because I, I again the movie was hyped to me huge. Yeah, uh, taking out just her role in the movie, it's That's completely it. forgettable. Like and, I, and I, like spoiler alert, I'm sorry. Like the whole idea of like the the family like being in the cult at the end, like they're saying, like, all right, Rosemary's baby people, like it's already been done. Like, like this is nothing again, that's like brand new to the genre. Like, again, I, I think as an actress, like did a really good job. Very believable as a, like a naive, uh, you know, kind of kid. But the same way to like, just do not feel it's something that's uh, entirely like cutting edge. Like that should be touted as like this amazing movie. And I thought it was way overhyped. Uh, for yeah. what we ended up getting into Laird, so. You know, uh, that sounds like, there's a, there's a, I'm wondering if I'm mistaken two movies or, you're not, this one, the one you're, you're talking about is not the one where it's like they're filming a documentary about an exorcism, um, uh, like the guy who makes documentary. 
That's not the exorcism of Emily Rose. Are you sure? Positive. That's um, because the sister, the one that the, the one that Emily Rose has got the star is the main actress is the chick the the sister from Dexter. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's not the one where like they're filming the documentary, but uh, like the guy like doesn't even believe in in exorcism, so he he fakes them all. Is that the one you're talking about? Um. Because that's okay. the one where I think, like, at the end, it's like they're all, like, evil or whatever. Oh, God, maybe I'm getting my movies confused. <laughs> See? That's how memorable <laughs> I mean, this movie was. Yeah, um, I mean... Oh, um... The Last right. Exorcism? The Last Exorcism. Thank you. I, I am mistaken. Yes, The Last Exorcism. That is what I was referring to. I mean, that, that movie is trash. <laughs> I couldn't... Yeah, I hated that movie. Um, It's so... It's like... They're trying to pile too much shit on top. Like, uh, yeah. Here's yeah. an idea, filmmakers. Stop putting the word exorcism or exorcist in your fucking movie titles. Because guess what? All we're thinking of is The Exorcist, the best one. So stop doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Totally agree. What's your number three? So originally my, my number three, was, I was going to put on Insidious, but then I was like, I do like the first Insidious. It has problems, but it's not, I don't think it's, if I did a top 20, it would be in my top 20. Um, and before, and before you go into it, this is the, uh, the caveat, what I was waiting for, yeah, which, so, you know, so my real like, number three is house of a thousand corpses. Now, I, let me preface this by saying, I do really like house of a thousand corpses. You put three from hell on there. Like, but nobody likes that movie. It's not, it's, it's nobody. It's, it's not rated. It was overhyped before it came out, though. I will say. Yeah, that it was very overhyped before it came out. Now, then it came out, and everybody hates it, okay. rightfully. Anyways, um, but um, so my problem with House of a Thousand Corpses, and I've said this many times. I've even said this on our own show. I the first thirty minutes, I fucking love everything about the first thirty minutes is great. Um, you get quintessential everything you need to know about a Rob Zombie movie for the rest of Rob. On his career, you need to just you. It's basically boiled down to the first ten minutes, which introduces, um, you know, uh, Kevin Spaulding and everything. Um, but I do. I like the first. Ten, I love the the first ten minutes. I love the first thirty minutes. I like the next subsequent like fifteen minutes. But once it, the last half hour basically becomes a fucking Rob Zombie music video. Once they introduce Doctor Satan, and I I still don't know what happens. I still like my my brain is just like Rob Zombie songs, and then like. Spooky yeah, stitches and yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I feel like I feel like with what he did with Devil's Rejects cements more of why I think House of the Corpses is not a, an, a a great movie because he really did nail the three act structure with Devil's Rejects. It has a very considered beginning, middle, end. Especially the ending is really important in, in that film, which makes fucking Three from Hell even more unforgivable but how's the thousand corpses is like basically once they get to their house it starts to fall apart like it doesn't live up to what i you know because again you think house of the corpse is that amazing poster i think something crazy gnarly is going to happen in the end and it's just kind of a yeah. weird chase thing and i mean and again having said that like i said and i do really enjoy the movie people worship that movie as if it was 
gospel. The number like the best horror movie of all time, yeah. which is really where I start to have some some problems with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think people like that movie for for two reasons, and one is Sherry Moon Zombie, <laughs> um, and the other one is Rain Wilson because who doesn't want to see uh, the guy from the guy from the office be turned into the fish man? Honestly, good old um, good old Bill Hudley. Yeah, that's right. You know, so I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's a fun movie to watch. Like, you can pop it in and, like, not 50% pay attention to it. And yeah, and like I said, it's definitely not, like, it, it's definitely, I. it's not a movie I hate, but it's definitely a movie I have some issues with. Well, let me let me ask you a question, Jimothy. Uh, if the director was not named Rob or Zombie, would it be a better film for you? Uh, no. no, in fact, it would be it would be the same for me. I think that's one of my problems with it, I think, is I would carry, I don't care, I have nothing against Rob Zombie. If Rob, I mean, I'll be honest. (laughs) No, I don't. I mean, literally, I, before he ever directed the movie, I remember watching him, and I I mean, White Zombie and then his band or whatever, I I don't care, it's fine. I mean, Dragula is a catchy little song, but White Zombie was whatever, it wasn't really my taste or whatever. Um, Um... but I was—I always knew he was legit a horror fan. You know, I knew like he was the real deal. I knew like he yeah, someone on MTV Cribs. Yep, exactly. And I was like, I when they said he was going to direct movies, I was like, well, he obviously is a diehard fan. And I, again, he is—you know—knowing that he was the—he did all the the design and art for all of his albums and stuff. I'm like, I knew he'd have an interesting eye, um, which he does. Um, specific, again, the opening sequence of House of the Corpses, I think it, I love it, mixing all of that like vintage Halloween stuff with his own and taking that like kind of innocuous old old what we would consider now almost hokey kind of version of spooky and making it a little creepy by he just it's just this weird magic that he can do but i wanted to like it but then it came out and i was like mm. but <laughs> i think people only love it because it's rob zombie right i think yeah, it is, yeah. i think if that's where i was gonna get at yeah and that's sad because like you know, artists should be able to stand on the uh, on his own two feet and stand by the, the merits of his work. Um, but it is what it is. You have the cult of fandom and stuff. It, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, it's fine. All I'll, I'll say is like, you know, um, he has made a lot of questionable movies. Um, I actually don't think House of Corpses is, is even the worst close one to be the worst money he's made. But I do think it's it's status as being basically if you see like when you do like critic polls of like the best horror movies of all time you know it's nowhere near in the top like 50 but if you do like a fan poll of the best horror movies of all time it's always like in the top three yeah totally which is insane but whatever well that brings me to my third one which is uh the blair witch and we talked about this before like the blair witch is, is a good movie it's not my cup of tea like I think found footage films have to be done, I think, in a certain way. And, you know, but this movie was just, like, hyped for all the wrong reasons. Um, these guys, I didn't realize these guys were actually on the cover of Time Magazine. You guys know that? Like, yeah. Because, yeah. Like, I don't know if any other movies made it to the cover of Time Magazine, but um, I would imagine that out of all the horror movies in the world to make it on the cover of time, it definitely the Blair Witch would not be my first pick to be in this movie. But much like House it, of a Thousand Corpses. It, that's not why they're on the cover of Time Magazine, though. They, and they deserve to be on the time cover, cover of Time Magazine for what they did, which was 
basically become millionaires for no pro like no budget and again i witnessed them say like oh it was made for this amount of money the only cost of that film the real cost of that movie if if you count the actual budget of the movie it was like 300 bucks because of like food and gas right. right you said they returned the camera when they were done right yeah they returned the camera when they were done <laughs> um but like that is genius and again what they did was in, i mean it in kind of Similarly, reinvented a new genre. They inspired things like paranormal activity and stuff. So for that, for like businessman reasons, they're genius. Yeah, hey, if but you're talking about making money, like, yeah, then amazing. Sure. But but for the quality of the film, I agree with you. Like I said, I I do like it. Um, I do think it's spooky. Um, I still like the ending, but it should never have been as popular. It should have been a movie you just rented. And be right. like, oh, that was crazy. What was that? Like, yeah. it should never have gotten that. Yeah, for, for exactly. For that time period, like, to have that have a theatrical release was mind-blowing to me. Like, that actually came out in a theater. Like, I mean, I say the same thing with House of Thousand Corpses as well. Like, that was a limited theatrical release. But, like, I mean, there was whole conversations prior to that about it being NC-17 and, like, so restrictive. And I'm like, why are we even putting this in a theatrical run? Like, period. And Blair, which is in the, to me in the same boat of like, yeah, it's a it's a good movie. And you're right, like for pennies on the dollar, they made that film and can live off the residuals. There's there's no amount of money. I mean, they're going to get paid every time somebody does a scene where somebody's sniveling and cowering in the woods. Like it's a direct ripoff of what they're doing, um, and all the spooks that come along with that as well. They've made their money, but just the whole idea of like how hyped it, it is it still continues to be it's just like house without the corpses like if you give a top you know top 100 movies to watch as a horror fan like it's going to be towards the top like should it be towards the top no like from a business perspective yeah they they were good at what they did for a low budget movie having it turn around but there's also a lot of other people make really low budget movies like hobo with a shotgun is another example yeah. of that which like i almost put on my list because of the fact that that was another one that was like super overhyped for what it was. And that was just way too over the top, like for the sake well, of being over I, the top. But I actually I liked it better than one, a lot of other movies. So Yeah. I think I think the only hype from uh, that was because um, uh, it was like, um, you know, it was like they did that short film or the like the, you know, um, the trailer for it as if it was a real movie and then they actually made the movie. I think the hype was more just like, hey, remember this was like a fan film looking thing and they actually made it into a real movie? I think it was more of like that scenario. But I will say I actually do love uh, Hobo with a Shock. <laughs> like, I'm not like it too. I mean, I, I do. I just think there's, there's some too. But I agree. Like, just like House of Thousand Corpses has this notoriety too because it's a Rob Zombie made film and not for the merit of its work. Like, yeah. um, I think it falls into that category where it's, it's just so overhyped that like it's only going to get notoriety because it is overhyped and not because of the like nature of the movie that it's in so like but i, I feel like blair Witch falls in that category not that it's a bad movie not even if it's not your cup of tea you can still credit it for being like a cool concept like it did well i don't know if it would make the it amount of the, yeah. the amount of press it got yeah the amount of, amount of hype and still to this day like still ranks up there and do you know what I actually mean, found more disturbing than anything else with that movie is that even after two months of that movie being out, I still heard people saying it was a real, like, it really happened. I'm like, how fucking dumb is so this dumb. world? Like, hey, hey, wait a second. I was in middle school when this movie came out, and the first, well, not two months afterwards, but like 
like that's what creeped me out so much about that movie was I thought it was a real movie that they put like a real found footage that they put out and it gave me nightmares. Like it legit gave me nightmares. Yeah. Thank you. Just making my point for me. Yeah. I was a six. I was in sixth grade. <laughs> hey, yeah. you. Hey, you I, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, uh, it is what it is, but that's my number three. What's your number two, buddy? Uh, my number two is I've talked to in this uh, podcast a bit, but it's I had to put it, and it's still high tension. Oh, it hits you home. Uh, <laughs> it's still, you know, I, I remember even recently trying to rewatch it during our little Halloween series, kind of being like, oh, I, re- I remember at least lo- loving the first thirty minutes, and then being like, this is even this, even this, I'm not enjoying as much. I think the ending is so goddamn dumb. The logic is the the stupid. Again, it's the most angry I've ever been in a movie theater. First five minutes, I was I sat cross armed in a movie theater, being like, "This shit better not be what I think it is," and then walk out of the theater pissed. Um, yeah, it's still awful. And it was, it was so awful. So um, uh, and you know the fact that it's the most popular of all of the the French New Extreme movies blows my mind. Um, I don't even go into it. It's just it's it's what a, I I will say that I agree with you in the sense of once you know what the ending is or like have confirmation of what it is it makes the whole rest of the movie just like you start watching and knowing what the ending is and then it becomes really boring yeah and the thing is like as a chase movie it's fine like but first off i actually in in my head i was even giving i think the act main actress i was giving her a lot of credit like when i was even in my memory being like what no like at least her performance was good and then rewatching, I'm like, I actually find this super annoying and kind of like unwatchable. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe yeah. I don't know, but I can't. I to this day, like the fact that people put it as their favorite horror movie. I've seen people who I respect who I would otherwise say, like, oh, you're very, yeah, you know, I, 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 I value your opinion. And then they say, like, oh, my favorite movie is High Tension. I just want to fucking. You're like, and I don't value your opinion. Oh, <laughs> like. I'm Put a fucking Wolverine in their pants. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's. I don't get it, but to each their own. But that's my number number two. My number two is uh is Green Inferno, um, which is also on the the hype train of Ellie Roth doing Hostel, um, and it's supposed to be like the equivalent of Cannibal Holocaust. Um, and the two things that I, that I hate about this movie are number one, I, I don't find it enjoyable to watch at all. Like in like, again, I think it goes back to like the factor of like the kind of the quote unquote like extreme factor. Um, but it's really not like, I don't, I don't really think it's, it's that extreme. Like, especially when you're dealing, I mean, if you watch cannibal Holocaust, this is a walk in the park in my opinion. Yeah. Um, two, I just did not like any of the characters in that. It, Honestly, the most unlikable characters, like including the one girl that gets away at the very end, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you, d- you didn't even tell the truth at the end. <laughs> I'm all happy. You escaped and like just just lied to your, you know, just lied to the board uh, and just let people go back in there. So you, my friend, are a douche. Um, you're a douche nozzle. And I, don't like I mean, you. <laughs> I think uh, I think I think Eli Roth had this weird. Yeah, I agree. Uh, oh, I dude, I can't believe I 
I may change my number one. I actually think I am going to change my number one. All right. We'll see. Okay. But um, yeah, very unlikable characters. Um, uh, if he, Eli Roth had this fucking weird, heavy-handed thing about like social justice and people who go to third world countries to sort of help, but it was like this weird like he's not smart enough to have made a good point. And, right. But he, what the end is happening is these very like one-dimensional, unlikable characters that you don't give a shit if they get fucking eaten. I will give yeah. the movie this though. It is a beautiful looking movie. Oh um, yeah, I mean it's usually is great. But yeah, I was very impressed. I I did not expect his film to be as um as well shot. But yeah, uh, outside of that though, what a stinker, Rudy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's that's my number two though. I could go all day about how I appreciate Ellie Ross thought, but I just hate the fact that the guy is uh like considered to be like uh somebody that people consult with on horror movies because he made one or two movies that people enjoy watching. Yes, I uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. We are on the same page. What's your number one, man? I'm excited now that you've changed it. <laughs> okay. So originally my number one uh was Trick or Treat. Um now I like Trick or Treat. Like the anthology um, Trick or Treat or like the uh the Trick or Treat with uh that you like. The original. Which one do you think? So, trick or <laughs> the treat. anthology? Um, I'm going to go into this real quick because they're going to they're going to be co. So, my number one thing is I do like trick or treat. I think um, I think Sam is a great new horror character. Great, he is an iconic feel. The movie is so goddamn uneven. First of all, Michael Darty is not a good writer or director. If you look at what he's done, not you know he's he's not he doesn't have a great track record um superman returns godzilla king of monsters like he's not he's not a great writer especially his dialogue is pretty cringy sometimes um now there's a there's a lot of charm in the movie i love the the segments with anna paquin um i like Mo, Mo, i do love the last scene uh. the last story but so many of it is other just feels like well, here's my thing with, I've always said with this movie, is that I feel like Michael Darity had a great idea. He should have worked with other writers and he should have worked with a better director. Um, that's my own personal feelings. I do think it's, my biggest thing with it and why I deserve to be on this list is it is a good movie. I do enjoy it. But the, the love that people have in this movie is insane to the point where I remember last year when I, I was doing research for our film festival. I came across the most recommended horror movies for Halloween and Trick or Treat was by and away the number, it was the number one in all these lists above movies like, you know, Halloween. And like, I just, I, I can't, cannot wrap my brain around that. Um, again, is, is, it a, is it a fun little movie? Sure. I like I said, there's segments I do love in the movie. Is it a perfect movie? Fuck no. Michael Doherty's terrible at, at dialogue. Some some of it's actually super confusing. Um, even the whole thing with like the 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 fat kid. Like, there's just a <laughs> lot of like where you're like, wait, what is happening here? Again, poor kid, man. He gets he gets shit on in all the holiday movies, man. He was in Bad exactly. Santa, Bad Santa yep. too. He's a little uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I say actually my favorite story online in that entire one was a werewolf one. But yeah. 
Because um, there's there's great moments in that in it, but there's also I also think the movie suffers from a little bit of the unlikable characters. Yeah. But with that being said, what should have been my real number one, because it's still to this day the most is fucking Dead Snow. What a piece of shit! I don't know how you fuck up zombie Nazis, but you did. The single most unlikable cast of characters I've ever seen in any movie, any movie. I could watch documentaries about serial killers. I'm more, I was, and the characters in Destiny were so unlikable. I don't even enjoy watching them get killed because even then I'm having to see them on screen. It's the one of the worst, and the special effects are meh. The fucking story is meh. Uh, it doesn't even really take the great advantage of like the fucking setting. It's not like it's, it's as it's an F minus to the utmost degree. I fucking hate Dead snow. Anyways, that's my number one. I totally agree with that. Um, no, I do. I will say I have a fond appreciation for a trick or treat, and I do watch it every time it's on. But that being said, yeah, I get the dialogue piece of it. I don't know if I would say it's. I think now it's overhyped. I think at the time I started watching it, it wasn't hyped at all. It was unknown. But yeah, totally agree with Dead Snow. And I hate when people bring that up as like great zombie movies or like. A great zombie movie because like those people don't know shit about zombies apparently because that's not and to your point i mean literally zombie nazis like so much you can do with that you can do so much cool shit with that and other yeah. movies have but yeah not that one but not that one uh i will say my my number one against popular belief probably is paranormal activity <laughs> um and i say that because that to me very much like the blair witch like it's not a bad movie at all. Like for what it is, it's a pretty decent movie. And very much in that vein was shot for a pretty minimal budget for what it turned around in a series. Two things I dislike about it. One, like I do not like the characters. I give one shit about the characters in that movie. Um, I don't care that your house is haunted. You should have fucking moved. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, two, I hate that it spawned a series of movies um that equally progressively got worse like throughout its time and like we're no longer these found footage films like there's this whole backstory about the sisters being like coming into witches and then you know but apparently they're doing blumhouse is doing another paranormal activity or like a spin-off or something like that and i think it's a reboot yeah reboot so i mean hopefully I don't know well, for, for found footage like i like paranormal movies like i you know i love poltergeist to me it's a classic but like i just could not any way shape or form really buy into this movie and but to hear people praise like its ingenuity like to me no like and i don't think the ending was that great either like are you fucking kidding me like cuts her throat and then a guy gets thrown at the camera like Really, that's like a jump scare to me. That's not an ending. Like I agree. I mean, it's a, it was it's, lazy. A, it's, a it's a great little like practice or like effect jump scare. Mm. But yeah, it's not like it's not some like mind melting fucking ending. Yeah, yeah. But, it's not martyrs or whatever. But uh, yeah. Now, am I wrong though? Is isn't in paranormal activity they can't move because it's like a demon is attached to them. The yeah, of things. I don't know. I, I, mean, I didn't care. Right. To, I didn't really care enough to find out. <laughs> I do say this. So first off, I actually, I, I so like the boyfriend, the 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 guy, yeah, Yorva or whatever the fuck that character's name is. I hate him. 
Um, I did kind of like the 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 main chick, Kate. Kate. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Something about her was likable. I don't know. But she seemed very real. To, I mean, you know, the fact they were kind of non-actors, but she seemed like a real human being to me. Um, I, you know, what I do like the they they did the uh, the marked ones, paranormal activity, the marked yeah. ones, uh, which have like a lot of like Spanish heritage in there. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was a unique take on like the paranormal activity series. Almost like, oh, cool. Maybe they'll kind of branch off with, uh, you know, because then they did like what the ghost dimension or something like that. Like I don't fucking know. Like, but I, I did like the marked ones. I thought that was actually pretty good. But like, what was the one that had like the little lights all in it? Was that the third one? They had, like they could see like the sea like if they turned on a black light or or some shit they saw lights and I remember being like wow they've jumped the fucking shark with this shit like, yeah I think it was like the <laughs> third one I, I lost track for a while I just stopped watching them uh, but yeah I think that's the problem with like the with a lot of movies that come out is like they spend so much time hyping them up that like people like them I think just to kind of remain on that hype train instead of like actually like watching them for like the value that they bring to the table right like. And that to me is like a uh, like horror fan is it ultra annoying because just watch it and see if you like it. Like don't watch it, don't watch it because somebody hypes it up. Like watch it if you like the trailer and you think that's awesome, great, watch it. You can like it or not like it, but like don't just go and blindly watch something because somebody puts it on the top fucking fifty list. Yeah. And you should watch. Yeah. Well, my that's biggest, how shitty movies keep getting made. My that's to to your to your point. That's my biggest thing with those kind of movies is that. What so? Because people would be like, "Well, what's the what's so bad about like an overhyped movie or whatever?" And it's like, "Well, once those movies make money, then that's all Hollywood wants to make are those shitty ass movies." And then real like filmmakers with like an original vision or trying to do something unique get passed over. They don't get funding because a it's not you know a fucking paranormal fucking found footage movie. Right. And so for that reason specifically, I always have the problem with that. Is just like, can we just enjoy like you know, a movie without the high, like, and again, like, on the inverse, you'll see a great movie, and like, oh, I wish this had a bigger audience, or, you know, I wish this had gotten fucking more, you know, attention, so it's, it's hard, I mean, it's hard, because, you know, and, you know, I, we, we do this, like, podcast, and we have our opinions, and I feel yeah. like, especially me, of all people, I know I'm very critical about things, but when it comes to horror, like, even, like, the movies I'm, this even this list was a little hard because I'm like I kind of like I can find enjoyability in even some horror movies that like even if I know it's not a great movie I can still sort of find enjoyment about sure. it. Yeah. But um, and there with with horror for me it's a lot of like it's way more like I could say it's it would be much easier to do an underappreciated list than uh, an overappreciated list. Um, but having said that, you know when a movie is made solely for like um the paycheck where you're like what what are, what are people into right now well let's make that movie like and it, it doesn't movie hasn't have any real soul or have any fucking sort of vision then yeah like those movies are always going to be shitty and like i just recently watched the documentary again and i love the documentary on um the making of island of lost souls um uh island of uh sorry island of uh, uh Dr. island of dr moreau it's the movie's called lost souls and it's the original version of uh, the original movie version um, of Isle of Dr. was called Island of Lost Souls. Anyways, but, and you're seeing that where that movie, you have somebody who has a vision, Paul Stanley, who like I said, is a, uh, um, not Paul Stanley, 
<laughs> yeah, kisses from Paul Stanley. Uh, is it John Stanley, the guy who directed like Hardwire and Dust Devil, who he's a great movie. In yeah. fact, he just he made Color Out of Space, which I really wanted to see. I still can't believe. Oh I see yeah, it. super good movie. Yeah, we'll really talk about that next time. Um, uh, but like you know, you see, he he had this vision and he wanted to make this movie. But he fucking gets kicked off, and they the studio just wants to make a dollar with it. They want to, you know, they hire fucking um, John Frankenheimer, who just didn't want anything to do with it. And they basically turn turn out a soulless movie that they think is going to be popular, and it's shitty, and everybody hates it because it sucks. And his movie just—it's such a very simple understanding of like, you know, let artists be artists, like make movies for the right reasons, and you know, don't fucking fund things just because yeah. something like it made money. Inside, it's going to yeah, no, I, I think you're, it's a valid point, like, to to close it out. Like, I recently read an, uh, or watched this YouTube video about, like, the top, like, five Leprechaun movies that were never made. Um, uh-huh. Apparently, there was one that was supposed to be Leprechaun versus the Candyman. And, um, and wow. uh, Warwick Davis was down because it was a crossover. And at the time, it was, like, there was all the talk about Freddy versus Jason and the Haunted Yards. And Tony Todd was basically, like, look, like, I can leave it all tomorrow and be happy with just the first two Candyman films that I made. Like, so no, I don't want to do that. And he's like, I'm kick his little Irish ass, <laughs> which is funny too. But I was like, that's, that's integrity right there. Like that's not somebody who's doing it for a paycheck and not the, mm-hmm. not that I think work it was, but like, I think he just loves a character and like wanted to answer. Which is funny one. because Tony Todd has made some shitty movies, yeah. but the fact that he he honors yeah. those movies and he, he likes their legacy, um, even even uh, the second one, um, that you know, <laughs> like I have mad respect for that. Yeah, like yeah. So I mean, I think that's like you know, pick and choose your your you know battles, but like if you were comfortable with the character and you know that the movie's good, like hopefully you're not going to go out and make a shitty movie just for the paycheck, and then it's just hyped up because your name is behind it and people are going to see it back. What was that movie that came out recently? The, it's like the prison filled with like House of Horror or something like. Oh, like uh, yeah, it's is it the one with Kane Hodder? It's like it's like they're all in it. Like yeah, 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 the virtual yeah, I the virtual prison thing with like, but then it's like a cult. That is exactly like like Murder House or something. I don't know. Murder House, yeah, yeah. and it's like, dude, like, and I know that was fan made. I know that guy who made it was like, I love horror movies, but holy shit. Sometimes yeah. even even your love and yeah. passion aren't gonna cut yeah. it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes your love of horror movies doesn't necessarily make you a great filmmaker. So no, just like stick on the other side of the camera, maybe like just. Did you hear that, on. Rob Zombie? <laughs> <laughs> well, hear that, Carol Baskin, ladies and we are uh, in a very extended edition. Yeah. I'm really excited that uh, that we got to do this, you know, for the listeners here, um, and and hopefully they they enjoyed listening to what an almost two hour podcast. We haven't done one of these in a while. Hey, you know, and, uh, talk about it. and y'all are y'all are just super passionate. I love it so much. But I want to thank y'all again for you know yeah taking the time out of your day, even even though y'all are at home, uh, you know, to 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 record with us today. Uh, but yeah, um, y'all are staying safe. Obviously, we hope the listeners are staying safe. Um, definitely interesting times, and hopefully, we can get your mind off of it for just a little bit. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star review. Um, you're, you know, when you check in with all your loved ones, tell them about this podcast. Uh, if they, they're they're fans of horror movies. Uh, but on that note, guys, anything else y'all want to say before we go? No, no, no. Keep we're just happy. Happy to be uh, back in uh, back. Uh...
friendly yeah. podcast tip. Yeah, hey, we're we're back in we're back, baby. We're, we're back in production. Back, baby. Well, thank you again for listening, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Texas Podcast Massacre, and we will see you next time.